They don't, but even then, even though they like develop this relationship for a season and a half, the second Jackson dies, like two episodes later, she's like riding Elijah's dick. And I'm like, listen, could we like at least pretend that Jackson matters? everyone this is alex and this is em welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for gen x and millennials who are currently binge watching our old favorites on this podcast we'll be discussing what we love what we hate and what's just a little bit problematic about our old faves though not necessarily in that order Today's episode is part one of our journey into the spinoff of The Vampire Diaries, The Originals. Like its predecessor, The Originals was a network hit, lasting five seasons on The CW. And like TVD, The Originals was overflowing with toxic characters and dysfunctional relationships. Since Alex and I are both sensitivity readers, we decided to do something a bit different this episode and discuss exactly what was wrong with each character on the show and how they could have been written better. Um, that's right. We'll be hopping around the seasons, analyzing characters, motivations, storylines with a critical eye and spotlight on what worked and what didn't and why the show was maybe successful despite it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right, you guys. So the um, in season four of The Vampire Diaries, we got a backdoor pilot, also called The Originals, um, where we were introduced to um, most of the cast of characters that are on The Originals. The first original that we meet is Elijah Michelson, played by Daniel Gillies. And the show, The Originals, basically centers around the original family of vampires, the first vampires to ever walk the earth. Um, these people have been alive for over 900 years, and their maturity and um, personal growth um, seem to max out back in their back when they were still human they have made absolutely no strides since then they're still trash the family is broken and fractured but um the original brother who is part vampire part werewolf klaus michelson is expecting a child and that's supposed to turn everything around <laughs> that's yeah that's supposed to turn it the child becomes that is carried by Oh my gosh, what's her name? Haley. <laughs> Haley, that's it. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm sorry. I I was like, I'm really, I've been revisiting, but I'm also like, it's like PTSD, like the worst, like the worst parts <laughs> of your brain is like trying to block out so that you can heal. Um, <laughs> you guys, we want to show so that you don't have to. You really did. And it's, you guys, it's, it's so different. Um, 
Haley is like carrying uh, her child. And, poor, and so from the get-go, sort of even just this premise, this introduction of, granted, we've been introduced to the characters before because they were on the Vampire Diaries, but just this sort of premise of like, okay, the prevailing thing become, I think for that first season is we got to keep uh, well, like the originals, like TBD, has a lot going on in it plot-wise. But one of, I guess, Haley's like initial character arcs that season, that first season, is like Haley must be, you know, um, protected. Uh, very loosely defining the word protected, um, because she's carrying Klaus's baby. And just from the get-go, just that is, like, it's it's really horrifying because what happens is, like, Haley rightfully is like, mm, I don't think I'm having this baby. And she tries to get herself a mystical abortion and is essentially, like, threatened <laughs> under threat of, like, death. Um by Klaus and his family into like keeping this baby. And it's just girl, it took her life to a whole nother level. Like a whole new level. Like it's and I mean, I guess the show thinks it it did well because in the end, she does, I guess, make it to a secluded area by herself with this sort of like magic abortion pill or whatever. Um, and then she decides not to take it of her own accord, but still. Is it of her own accord when the threat is literally lingering in the back of her mind? That's, I mean, that's real because it's like, see, and that's what I'm saying. This is why this show is ridiculous because that's a great point. And because it's like, is it really her choice? Because like, if she drinks the magical abortion pill and then a, this kid, you know, aborts, Klaus will kill her, right? Like, there's right. no, there's sort of no doubt about that. And that's and not a message I don't, I don't, I think I want to send to, like, teen girls who are thinking about ending pregnancies. <laughs> right. And because here's the thing. Haley and Klaus had a one-night stand when they conceived this baby. But let's be very clear. They weren't entirely strangers to one another. She knew who he was. She knew what he represented. And she knew that he had killed before happily and easily so when a man like that says i'm gonna fucking kill you if you don't have my baby there is no such thing as real choice anymore (laughs) right that's i don't that's not really a choice (laughs) there's no choice aspect in there um and that is the first of many really terrifying kind of horrifying things that happen um to characters on the show so there's two overarching plot plots happening here. Elijah, Klaus's older brother, trying to repair the family, which is literally what he's wasted the last centuries of his life trying to do, repair the family that Klaus insists on fracturing and bring the family back together for the unborn child's sake. And then there is Klaus, who, you know, the the child is low-key secondary to him. What he really wants is to recapture the city that he quote-unquote built from his protege, Marcel. Yes. Once again, protege. Mm-hmm. Loose term. <laughs> protege is also a loose term. Built loose is term. a loose term. So the show really likes to rewrite history in many ways. One of the ways is by implying that these um 
this vampire family built, quote unquote, New Orleans, a whatever that means, a historically black city in a nation built by slaves. But okay, fam. Then they go further when Haley is um is about to get married to Jackson. They're talking about jumping the broom, which is a historically black American tradition performed first by slaves who could not be legally married. And then as a way of honoring the ancestors when black people could be legally married. What are you even doing right now? So this is why I say the creators of this show and the writers of the show are so trash. You clearly know enough about these um, situations to incorporate them in your writing. And then you whitewash them like it's nothing. I think that was actually probably the most. Obs- I remember that now, where like Haley and quote Haley and quote unquote Jack and Jackson uh, do this like jumping the broom tradition, and um, not only do they whitewash it, they completely like change the meaning of like what it actually is in real life. Exactly, like, and I, it's not appropriation; so, it's misappropriation and whitewashing. It's whitewashing, and it's so confusing because. I don't know where they thought. And it's funny. I specifically looked at like who wrote that episode because I was like, why would you ever do that? Like, yes, we need a name to, we need a name. And it was Julie Pleck, of course. Like, no, it was fucking Julie Pleck. (laughs) Like, why would it be anybody else? Of course it's like Julie Pleck and like some other guy. And the guy is like a white guy. Julie Pleck hates black people. (laughs) Julie Pleck really might hate black people. Like, I don't, like, I know I've been, like, I'm still giving her the benefit of the doubt, but, like, damn. The shows are white as fuck. They treat black characters like trash. Why is that enough? She took it a step further on the originals and TVD base, really, and and completely misappropriated um, Black American culture, the roots of enslaved Black Americans, and um, 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 Black townships, as well as um, complete misrepresentation of hoodoo and voodoo. Yes, okay. And then, like, even, yes, a complete... She had this white girl, Sophie Ann, speaking Creole on the show. Now, French, you guys, Creole. I'm very upset. Like, <laughs> what? Like, it's just like they learn these things. They're like, oh, but what if a white person did it? Like, like, no. Like, it doesn't make it, like, great. Like, what? Make it white, you guys. That I, I feel like that's her MO. Make it white. This is and the reason why, why people say that white folks have no culture. Here's the thing. Whiteness in and of itself isn't a culture. But different groups of white people, the French, the Danish, Norwegian, whatever do have very rich cultures that weren't stolen from someone else. But when you keep on ignoring those and putting those in a drawer in favor of taking our cultures and our histories and rewriting them, yes, we're going to keep saying you have no fucking culture. culture. (laughs) And then that's the thing that I think is like upset. I think that's the thing that I continually come back to like as a black woman, just upsetting in a sense, because it's like, um... You guys had Dutch, French, you know, all these, like, traditions and cultures. It's not my fault that when you're, like, little, like, German, whatever, it's not my fault that, like, your family, like, came here and then had no, like, fortitude of self to, like, continue those traditions and then just decided that they were going to be like, 
No, right. like, we don't want to be like, we don't want to be like these Negroes. Like, we don't want to do this. Like, we're going to change our names. We're going to forget everything we ever did. And we're going to just like slough that off. And like, we're going to do this, like, you know, white supremacy thing. Literally nobody that's, told that's me to definitely do that. Part of a lo- that's definitely part of a larger conversation that needs to be had is how white immigrants to the U.S. Um, definitely assimilated and they made American their culture and American culture runs on appropriation. Even back in their home countries, a large deal of their culture and what they had as a nation was built on colonialism. But at least back then, um, you had some certain things. traditions were yeah. not thrown away. You throw it away um, to pander to white supremacy and this dream of being a quote unquote real American. And this is why they hate when people pe- people of color come here and don't assimilate. Y'all hate it. Y'all hate to see it. But no one told you to do that shit. Nobody told you. So if there's anything that you get from this this episode, you guys. If you're a white person out there, go research, you know, where you really, you know, get your little ancestry DNA test and go like, you know, reclaim some of that stuff. You don't get to appropriate someone else's culture because it's more prominently on display and you chose to disregard yours. Exactly. (laughs) And you know what? I think if you do that, white people, you'll be happier for it. Truly, honestly, I believe that. Sprinkling more black people on the show, um, it's and you, which was kind of unavoidable when you're talking about hoodoo and voodoo, which are traditionally black and black American and African diasporic. But she puts them in opposition to Klaus, the world's worst protagonist, and puts them as um, antagonists. Yeah. So in the so, I think so. And Emma and I have said that this before, but when the show. The show is just, like, I don't, like, it's just racist. It's just, it's really racist. It's really sexist. There's no getting around it. When you watch it, like, when you take it in, like, there's no other sort of, like, reading of these plot lines or these people. And if your question is, well, how do you know it's uh, racist and sexist, Alex? Well, because the filmmaking... Um, supports it in this filmmaking supports like all the wrong people in that like when you have Klaus making these like grand speeches about like how he owns New Orleans you know the music is very like romantic and swells and 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 the shot is done and the shot is usually done in some um, it slowly pushes in and it's done like in a uh, it's like low, making him look sort of bigger and grand. Um, and all these elements combine to like tell you, the viewer, how to feel about this person. Okay, so while I acknowledge everything that Alex said, and she is 100% correct, my answer is much shorter. I know that something is sexist and racist because I'm Black and woman. The end. Okay. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. You Like, um, like... So <laughs> you, you're really asking me if, so, if something that affects directly impacts the groups that I'm a part of affects the groups that I'm a part of. And so, being a black woman is very is very special because and this is not a direct quote from me. I'm quoting someone whose name I don't remember. When you're a black woman, all the misogyny you deal with is racist and all the racism that you deal with is misogynist. Yes, all of those things. So, yes. And yes, all of those things. <laughs> um so that, that's really the only way to interpret it. So I think I, and Klaus is, a, is just, I think throughout the series is like an extremely violent, like 
figure that like the show will and the show keeps trying to like get you on his side but like he's a very um there's nothing redeemable about him really and so I personally think that like the if you recontextualize the entire show to think about Klaus not really as like a character who like feels things because he doesn't but it's just somebody like a figure that's representative of like capital like white supremacist capitalist like heteropatriarchy i think if you recontextualize the show like and view it in that way um the whole thing just starts to work like the whole show right. just really starts to work right like i told em like i really feel like once i started viewing the show that way and thinking about it that way i felt like I developed like a third eye into like the minds of like white people. Like I was like, oh, this, this, this. Like, like I felt like I finally understood like quote unquote good white people, Elijah. And I felt like I finally understood like rich white women, Rebecca. And I feel like mm-hmm. I finally understood like poor white people, Jackson and Haley. And then I felt like I finally understood why black men are the weakest link, like Marcel. And so <laughs> I really just felt like a third, like a, like a true third eye. We even understand like Tumblr white girls like Davina. Oh, like, well, I feel like Davina's like woke white girl. She's I, a Tumblr woke white girl. She's a white girl that thinks she's woke, but like she'd be woke light. <laughs> she's woke light. Same with Josh. Like he's woke light. Like, like I appreciate that Josh like never really fucked with anybody other than Marcel. He's like, don't none of y'all talk to me. Like really? Like, we'll do this with each other, but I'm not, like, really happy Yeah, Josh might be the only person who more or less kept his hands clean on that show, which is saying a lot. A lot. Cammy is just, like, your your average, like, East Coast liberal white girl. Yeah, she is the... She's definitely the white liberal. White Mm -hmm. liberal. Like, like, she's, like... I guess she's the other half. Like, she's the female representation of good white people. If Elijah's, like, the male, like, good white... Quote-unquote good white liberal men... So I want to talk about ways that this character Klaus could have been done a little bit better. The first was to not do anything different with him, but cast him in the role of the antagonist that he very surely is and make Haley and Rebecca, like make them be forced to grow and grow away from him. Um, maybe like, align themselves with their with the witches, and maybe Elijah comes around finally in the end as well, realizing that his brother is lost to him, but he can still save his family just without Klaus in it, and that's the only way to save the family. I think that's so frustrating, and I think the show becomes so frustrating because, like, all those things you I think almost happen within the course of the series. Like, I think that you do have times where Elijah's like. Like, cause you have that one time that Elijah like daggers Klaus or like everybody sort of agrees that like Klaus, when Freya comes, when Freya comes, like there is a point, I feel like everybody's like, like, we're not going to do, we're, we can't just keep doing this with Klaus. Like we just can't, like everybody gets to a point. I feel like when Haley meets Jackson, she's really starts to like get, she starts getting there more and more of like, I don't need this Michelson family bullshit anymore. And then they just don't, they never do it. But that's why I think like our little like cipher of like what the shows are really about. I think that's why, that's why like it works to think about the show like that because like that's white people. Like they, they get so close and then they just don't do it. They just don't do it. Right. Because at the end of the day, everybody on this show, the Cammies, the Rebecca's, the Haley's, the Elijah's, the Klaus's, the Davina's, 
benefit heavily from white supremacy. So to varying degrees, it will always be attached to keeping it alive. And Klaus is the personification of everything wrong with white supremacy and white um, cis-heteropatriarchy. He is just like the, he like, he just is it, like, in no, and like, there's not even everything wrong with it. It's like, he's like, literally like, what it is. Like, cause right. it's so, like, it's so cancerous and me- like, malevolent that you just, there's nothing that can be done to like, stop. Like, you have, like, everybody has to make the choice to stop him. And nobody ever does, except for Marcel, who like, finds it within himself to just like, he was like, done. He's like, no, like, this is crazy. I'm not listening to, and even then, and even Marcel, and that's why I'm like, oh, Marcel just works. Like, I I think looking at the show that way just makes it work because Marcel has his moments too, where he's very much like, oh, Klaus, you're, miss you, babe. Like you're, mm." but like people like Vincent, Vincent's the only real one, by the way. Yeah, Vincent's the only real one. No, like, this, like, we're gonna kill Klaus. (laughs) Right, and I mean, Thierry tried, really tried with Marcel, and then Marcel just blew him off. Like, he he basically traded off Thierry, his real best friend, for the white man who could give him more privilege and more access. That's so real, that's so real. Thierry, if, like, there was ever, if, like... We think of, like, truly good, like, white people or, like, white people who are really about that life as, like, unicorns. Like, Terry was the unicorn and, like, who... Terry was really down for Marcel. He would have taken, he, taken a stake for this man. He would have. He would have taken a stake for Marcel. Like, was happy with Marcel being in charge, was happy just, like, living his life. Like, girl, He was being totally happy. Like, he didn't want your shit. He wasn't jealous of you. He wasn't scheming on you. Scheming on you. Jerry was like the lieutenant. Like the lieutenant, like, like, was just like being the boss. Who needs that shit? It's hard. Like, but he didn't want Mar- what Marcel had. He was really just trying to like be his friend, be his lieutenant, enjoy the perks, and like they were real, like really family. Like they, they throw were- the word family around a lot on the show. Like take a shot for every time someone says family on this damn show, and you'll <laughs> die of alcohol poisoning before the third episode. But. <laughs> Thierry was really Marcel's family for yeah, real. Like, for real. And like he just betrayed him. Like he just was he like Fuck he did. You. And like, even when you realized that he had fucked up and that Klaus had put those cogs into motion, he still didn't let up and kept punishing Thierry for something that Klaus did. That Klaus did. And I think it's like that's how but and I'm like, but that's how like malevolent white supremacy really is. Like that's real as hell. Like yeah, like, like uh, the other thing I was about to say was the other way that Klaus could have been done if they th- insisted on making him protagonist was to actually hold him accountable, not for all the 900 years of shit that he's did. We don't have time for that. But, j- but for, for at the very least, the way that he treated, he treated the characters on TVD and the way he treated his family over the centuries, if we could make peace with that, if we could reconcile with that, we could get behind this protagonist. The show was insufferable because this character, this protagonist was, wait for it, even more unlikable than Elena Gilbert. <laughs> and the reason why, um, and the reason why it became insufferable because is because when bad when bad things rightfully happen to Klaus, like the show would try to make you like feel bad for him. Like, oh, it's so sad that like Klaus is like in pain. I'm like, girl, what? Our patrons 
well, everyone knows that Alex and I are music heads, but our patrons know that we release um, a playlist with every single episode of this show for patrons only. It's a private Spotify playlist. I take music very, very seriously. And music and the way that scenes are arranged with music or with scores is very, very integral part of filmmaking and TV. You don't even need to be like in the industry to understand that. Like when they put on certain music and love scenes, it's with the intention that we're rooting for this couple. They put on certain other music and then we we code it as a passing thing. Like, right. like it, the way that music is incorporated into a scene is very essential. When we're dealing music, with clouds- The music tells you how on- to feel. Right. The music tells you how to feel. And when we're dealing with Klaus, the music is arranged and incorporated in the scenes in such a way that we're supposed to feel for him. And that's how you know the writing is shit, you guys. Because on TVD, about half the time it worked. On the originals, it never worked. You hear the music you and you, you hear the dialogue that do not match in this character that does not match. And all you feel is intense frustration. Exactly. Like, it's horrible to, like, watch the originals and, like, you know, Klaus is making some horrible speech and the strings, you know, start, like, that orchestra strings, the strings start, or, like, the sad sort of, like, indie rock music starts and you're just, like... You're like, no, it's like it's a complete rejection of what's going on. But um, so thinking about this show, like in our little cipher that we've come out uh, that we've kind of come up. But I want to say this, though, about um, hoodoo and voodoo. I will say one thing. Um, I don't know if you know who Marie Laveau is. I do know who that is. Okay, so the Marie Laveau that people talk about in New Orleans was like, what they would call back in those days an octoroon, someone who's like a quarter, um, excuse me, a quadroon, someone who's a quarter black. Um, so the first Marie Laveau was a black woman and she had her daughter named after her Marie Laveau, who was biracial. And then another, her a daughter named after, a granddaughter named after her, also named Marie Laveau. This Marie Laveau, whose white parentage outnumbered her black parentage, um, got all the perks of being a free woman. She would come to plantations on Sundays when the slaves had their days off and, you know, um, and organize with them. But she also opened the door for white people being brought in to um, voodoo and hoodoo circles. Um, she made it acceptable for white people to partake in that. And it was it. This goes down in history as one of the worst leveragings of privilege I've ever ever heard of in my life. But this woman is completely responsible for why there are so many white women um, participating in hoodoo and calling themselves voodoo queens, third fourth generation voodoo queens in New Orleans because she she opened the gateway for her white family and friends to partake in something that was sacred, something that was a means of. Um, holding on to our African ancestry and surviving um, slavery and holding on to our traditions. And she literally just opened the gateways like it was nothing. But then can we talk about how like Papa Tunde like did what nobody could though? (laughs) Like (laughs) he did what he had to do. He did what he had to do. Like, like, 
You guys, so, talk about why Julie Peck is trash real quick, you guys. So she... Oh, I thought we did that. And again, this is where the show fucks up. So we see the witches, especially the black witches, like Sabine slash Celeste and Papa Tunde, and we're supposed to be shook, and we're supposed to be afraid, and we're supposed to see them as evil and bad. And I'm just like, hallelujah, finally. I'm I'm thrilled for Papa Tunde. I'm like, yes, Papa Tunde, fuck these I was like, like, is there there a chance that we could finally be rid of these, like, ridiculous, gross vampires? get this, like, Papa Tunde's like, y'all playing games out here trying to, like, like, you know, do foolishness. I'm gonna just kill these people. Like, this is over. Like, we're not, we're gonna, we're gonna get free. Like... And this is one of the many ways that the show fucks up. So we learn back on TVD that witches are literally servants of nature and that vampires are an abomination against nature. Those fancy little daylight rings they're wearing are literally a creation from witches to allow them to bend the natural order of things. Now, with that said, how do you have us rooting for the people that are literally abominations against nature? I don't even think, because I mean, that's, I mean, well, that's the whole premise of TVD and TVD is like rooting, like they're having us rooting for right. Stephen, Damon and Caroline. What, what TVD kind of did right was that it put the witch, the one witch on the side of the vampires and it wasn't a group of witches versus a group of vampires. You understand what I'm saying? Bonnie Bennett is really the outlier here, the one that keeps riding for the vampires no matter what. Most witches, like the witches on the originals, aren't about that life. They see vampires as the pestilence and plague that they are, and they want to be free of them. Um, and, And putting these factions against each other was so weird to me because I'm like, how can you show us scenes where these vampires are literally feeding in nightclubs on tourists, dozens of them, and then make them the victim? Because from the outside of the originals, you sort of have this, like, negative, I think, um, it because we've, I mean, it's too late because you've already established the originals on TVD as, like, protagonists. You've even established Marcel on TVD as a protagonist. And then you get on the originals and you, and on and in that first episode, we meet, um, we meet Marcel and he's the one that's sort of been running New Orleans uh, since, for the past like thousand years or whatever, or 60 or whatever, since the Michaelsons have been gone. Mm-hmm. And he's created a sort of um, negative, I don't want to say negative piece, but he's created a sort of pecking order um, in that. He's that, created like a chaotic neutral. Yeah. He's created chaotic neutral that you only sort of understand once you, in terms of like, restricting magic, restricting the witches um, that you only understand when when we meet Davina and we understand that like had he not, Davina would have been dead a really long time ago. Um, And so you and then that later gets sorted out. So I guess I'm trying to I don't know. And no, no, no. And I understand what you're saying. That is the way that the show set it up, right? Vampires are the protagonists and witches are the antagonists. I understand the way the show's I don't framed. Even think I'm just saying the framing is kind of like whack. 
I I don't even I think like there are, I think it's apples and oranges and like and this is like in this is I guess the fault this is like you're sort of like um you're pointing out essentially like the fault because these two shows because she's I get, not culturally competent but it's the show is so much worse than just being sexist and deeply racist yeah the I, writing the writing is just not convincing because I understand what you're saying because you're like how are you creating these. Because essentially, once you have the originals, now you have TVD and the originals, and in the same way that you have um, Buffy and then Angel the series, and that they're both both shows exist in one universe. So if you've already established that witches are a certain way on your previous show, that that sort of um, mythology has to carry over into your other show in the shared universe and it doesn't that's true you're right it doesn't it doesn't like right she changes the rules for her whims so not only is like i said the writing misogynist and racist at at the the very least there's a lot of other isms going on there but it's just incompetent and weak and this is what i'm saying like i don't i don't know I just have no idea about like this mindset coming from these writers and the showrunner because I want to say that like the witches on the original is a response to like all of the criticism of how she handled witches on TVD mm-hmm. in that like, you know, the first witch that we meet is like Asian. Like she looks like sort of Filipina. Like they're not all black. Like yeah, I, she's it, definitely it a Latina. Like, she's a Latina, but I think she's definitely of Asian descent. Then and she's trying and like so, uh, which is on the original. I think she's trying to like correct or course correct some some stuff that she did on TV. She but, doesn't. Like, she doesn't though. She, she does. she, there's more color to them, but she makes them evil. I don't. Yeah, and then that's and it just I don't know there's not there's no continuity um because and because that's the thing like I think yeah the witches are evil the way the with the witches are treated in for the duration of the originals is actually reminiscent of the way that two male witches in the second season were treated there was a boy Luca and his dad that were um hired by Klaus um and um Klaus was holding um their family member, Luca's sister, hostage. And um, they were framed as the antagonists, even though, like, the real antagonist was Klaus, right? They were doing this because he was holding someone hostage and they were literally being blackmailed. Um, They were doing this as a form of paying ransom. And they were killed off. The, The vampire, the witches on the originals are treated in a similar fashion in the sense that... Yeah, they're... Their motivations are genuine and they're sincere and they really are just to protect themselves and protect humans from the plague and the the threat that vampires present. But but it is framed like you're evil for even wanting that. No, that's true. The witches are the witches and like all the storylines like associated with the witches on the originals are consistently like from an antagonist like perspective. Um, I guess I just don't ever. Like, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I said I, I'm really, truly in my mind, I just don't, I, I re, I've completely recontextualized this show and how I watch it because it's that uncomfortable and that bad. Because um, you're right. They're always part of a negative storyline, but they always, but they they have a right to be. Like, because, like, essentially right. they've been, like, 
you know, doing, and they've been doing a lot of sketchy things, but they're not doing things that are any more sketchy than what the Michelsons are doing. Is it sketchy though? Like, here's the thing, the way the witches are, are treated versus the way vampires are treated, like, let's pretend like the vampires are cops and the witches are Black Lives Matter. No, and like, I don't need that. Like, no, I don't need that. Like, the vampire, like, Klaus and the Michelsons do a lot of sketchy, like, bullshitty things. Like, Marcel does a lot of sketchy, bullshitty things. The witches do, too. Like, in that, like, now, I think you can make an argument for, like, like, Do- like Aunt Dahlia is sketchy. Um, Davina is probably the only, like, okay, like, witch. Uh, for, like... The Selena, oh my gosh, when Rebecca like loses her body for whatever reason, and then she's put in the body of like that black girl, the the and who's a witch, the witch's body who she's inhabiting like killed like kills children. So like, uh, and it's the same thing with like the whole like Harvest Girl rite of passage thing. It's like them killing kids. Um, Hell so like, yeah. So like, yeah. that's so everybody does a bunch of sketchy shit like um so that's but like it's but you're right in that it's lame that they like uh code the witches as like particularly sketchy when like they're no more sketchy than like marcel and 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 the michaelsons Right. And I want to touch on something that Alex just said about, you know, the witches killing children. So the cardinal rules of writing is that if you want someone to be um, like you want a protagonist to be liked, you make them someone who's who kind of lives in the gray, someone not too perfect, but rules that they cannot break harming children and animals that is something that that writers and viewers will never forgive so instead of actually holding the michelsons particularly klaus accountable for his shit behavior they did something that they they made a blueprint circa tvd instead of holding this person that you want to rebrand accountable and actually having him grow as a person just present a worse option and make him a protagonist by proxy yeah, they do that with the witches. Right. And they like, do that with these all people the people kill kids. Klaus has killed literally millions of people in his lifetime, but he never killed kids, y'all. He's a good guy. <laughs> and Klaus is like truly, and at least like the witch, and, and I will say this, at least the witches, like it feels like, and this is why like I, I told you like this show is like maybe just not for me. Like in that at least the witches like, and like killing kids or whatever it's from a place that seems like it's steeped in like reason and tradition like and like a right. deep tradition and like, like the something supposed to be permanent like it's a like, temporary hold state state like like yeah like they believe maybe that like it's a temporary hold state or like they're going back to the earth and since they can resurrect people sure i would i would actually right. buy and that here's the thing. even if their tradition was bullshit and like these the the girls that they killed did not resurrect yeah, okay, they had to take that L, but they went into it with the belief that these girls would not remain dead, and that is important. Important. And that whereas, like, Klaus and the Michaelsons just, like, um, kill, like, sadistically, just for, like, like, it's very sadistic and um, psychotic. <laughs> like, it's not in a way that I ever feel like, okay, like, I'm just like, oh, you 
suck. Like it all it all feels very I don't know, gross. So I actually took some notes on these characters while I was watching you guys, because that's something that, you know, you have to do for sensitivity reading. And I treated watching this show as that, an exercise in sensitivity reading. Side note, if I ever got a piece of work like this to read, like, I would reject the job straight up. Straight Um, up. I would like, yeah, I, I would feel like because it's not just a, a few full pause here and there. This is That's someone true. who is incredibly toxic, um, holds a lot of isms, and is married to them. Um, so my first note was on the character Marcel. Um, Marcel is an interesting character because he does love power. He does love privilege, but he loves fraternity and community more. And this is something that Klaus lacks. Even if the show had framed Marcel as a protagonist, it could have been saved. Um, I think Marcel is, I mean, he's a secondary character, but I definitely think Marcel is somebody that we're meant to like want to root for. Yes and no. We are meant to root for Marcel only when he's on Klaus's side. So, like, you understand Marcel and you, you stand Marcel throughout, but the show I do. I do. Obviously, obviously doesn't want you to be on his side when he's not on Klaus's side. Okay. Um, he sacrifices a lot of his own pride for his chosen family, which is something that Klaus is incapable of. He rules through trust and family. I'm not talking about his treatment of the witches here, but his vampire family, the vampires that he sired or, um, or, or who run with him, like he doesn't threaten them like, like Klaus does with his family. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dagger you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill someone you love. No, he has shown them that he will show up for them and he will provide for them and they happily do whatever he wants, which is the best way to rule. Right? Like in Marcel, we get a really, really great um, portrayal of what a leader should look like. But again, it's complete bullshit to put someone like this in an adversarial role, which is where he starts and dips in and out of throughout the series um, in that adversarial position. You seriously set up a character like this and you want us not to rule for him? Are you serious? Mm. Like, pause. Who wrote this? Like, so he his one weakness is portrayed as being white women. <laughs> Um, largely Rebecca and to a lesser extent Davina. His his devotion to Davina makes sense. Um, he was there for her in a time of great need, and she's been there for him. She's repaid his loyalty. And well, Davina, Davina's also Davina is also like, I mean, I actually think Davina um Davina's a, a little sister, like daughter figure to him. You know, right. he's a child. Davina's a child and he meets and he protects her from this sort of like ceremony where she's essentially going to die. And he very much looks out for her. He worries about her. He worries about her well-being um, in, in a completely unsexualized way. Um, I actually really like their relationship. Yeah, that's probably the one relationship that was done well, because um, like Alex said, it was very paternal or fraternal type of relationship, and it never, ever crossed the lines into being anything more. And I appreciate that because we know how much these shows love seeing teenagers with these vampires. That's Um, true. Like, but... It was it was actually done really, really well. Um, but there's a greater weakness insofar as Rebecca, Klaus's sister, 
So Marcel is constantly put in a position where he has to prove his devotion to Rebecca when it's her brother, her psychotic brother, that is keeping them apart. And she is the one that needs to, sh to show up for him and show that she's ready to, like, abandon this dysfunctional-ass family and make it work with him. And she doesn't. Marcel is constantly being put in the position of having to prove that he really does love and really does care about her. But when she had an opportunity to really put her brother in his place, several opportunities over several centuries, she never did. That's why, like, I'm always of the 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 mind that like Rebecca is very much, you know, um, she's just a rich white girl. Like, she never. Rebecca can never do percent. She's a 52%. She, she claims like she claims to like be anti this, that, and the third. But that at the end of the day, she's gonna go along with whatever her brother wants. Brother wants. Like she's never really gonna like risk her like neck to to do what she believes in. Um at the end of the day, like she will always go. <laughs> she she's just she's happy. Like she she finds um, value in the in the, the malevolence and the violence that Klaus causes. Like she doesn't like it when he extends it to her. Like that pisses her right. off sometimes. But even then, it doesn't piss her off enough. It only pisses her off enough to play at overthrowing him, but never to actually do it. Because right. there are several times, like within the the series, that I want to say there's like once or twice where. She, like, absolutely is like, yes, Marcel, like, I will run away with you. Or, like, yes, Marcel, I will help you um, overthrow Klaus. And every time Marcel believes her, like, she's, like, at the last minute, she's like, oop, no, girl, like, white supremacy is great. Like, I think I'm going to keep doing <laughs> this. Like, yeah. Can we talk about Rebecca for a minute? So Rebecca, out of all of Klaus's siblings who hate him, and it's all of them, really, has like the most reason to hate him because not only does he keep daggering her like everybody else, but he's also like killed off or literally killed any prospect for love that she's had with the exception of Marcel. Um, the thing is with Rebecca and with Klaus, and this is something I've seen on this show, like there was a there was a lot there was a, a healthy amount of it on TVD, but it was mad overkill on the originals. Every time these people are angry, like justifiably angry about something, and you are literally natural predators, all they do is fucking talk about it. They remind me of white people on the internet who are like typing their rage at this administration, but ain't doing shit to check their kinfolk. Maybe voted that's for just like a lost thing. It is so waspy. So Rebecca makes these impassioned speeches about how Klaus has hurt her, how he continues to hurt her, how he doesn't care about her. He doesn't care about anyone, that she's alone because of him, that he will end up alone if he doesn't change his ways. And Rebecca makes the same speeches. And Klaus makes these speeches about how, yes, I know I've daggered you and I fucked you guys over, but I'm insecure because I'm a bastard, you guys. Why can't you just be patient with me? And it's so exasperating. It's so exasperating. It's exhausting. It's like they say the same speeches over and over and over and over. And like, and they never do anything. And that's like, why cut half the series if you cut these damn monologues, you guys. Like, um, and they never do anything. They always just like take all of that and just like murder other people. Or like, 
convince, uh, try to rope other people into their bullshit. Like, it's, and that's why Rebecca, I just guess, just she just like, she is like white feminism personified. And that like, she's, she's really upset that like her brother like has all these thoughts about like her sex, her sexuality and the people she dates. But she's not particularly concerned with, like, all the violence he's meeting out to other people. And, you know, she likes the idea of, like, you know, Haley's having a baby and, like, oh, there'll be somebody else for her to sort of put her, like, own broken dreams and energies into. But she uh... never, like, but she never, like, has this, like, real true blue, like, stick to her gun shit of like, you know what? I don't need this. Like, I don't need to know you. I don't need to know you. I'm going to go to the other side of the world. I'm going to be by myself. Like, I'm going to be a real bitch about some real bitch shit. And I'm going to just be happy. Like, she never, like, she never can really do it. Rebecca is the bitch that says her goodbyes only to literally turn the car around before she even hits the freeway. Um, It's so interesting to me. Because it's like Alex said, she doesn't care about the damage that that Klaus, you know, leaves in his wake as long as it doesn't extend to her. When she's hurt, when he's killed off boyfriend number 50 or whatever, and and, and keeps stealing chances at happiness from her, she cries about it. And Elijah gives him like a stern talking to, but nothing ever comes of it. Like nothing ever comes of it. They're, they're, They're so weak and pathetic. It's so sad. Like. The spinelessness of it all is exhausting to watch. Um, So another character that is definitely part of the 52%, and I made notes on her, was Haley. Oh, Haley is so disappointing. Because I really feel like Haley's actually more disappointing than Rebecca. Haley's more disappointing, and Haley is a cipher for poor white women. And Haley is more disappointing because it's like just like poor white women. Like she could have had it all. Like she's so close. She's right there, and then, like, she won't do it because it's, like, eh, right. violent. Like, ugh. Okay, go. So, so upset. <laughs> yeah, she's, she has the right to be upset, you guys. Like I said before, we watch this show so that you wouldn't have to. Like, I, I watched TVD, and I knew that the originals was on for years, and I still never watched that shit until we were about to do this episode. And I binge-watched this. And put myself through the ringer so that you would never have to suffer as we did. So, Haley. Haley's a character that was also introduced in TVD, and she was a literally shit human being. Haley was adopted, and she wanted to find out who her birth parents were, so she made a deal with a professor slash witch, Professor Shane. And, um... Because of her, 12 werewolves ended up being sacrificed. And then later, um... Um, Tyler's mom ended up being brutally murdered by the man whose child she's carrying. We're supposed to see this 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 child of um, this abomination of nature as some sort of sacred miracle. And um, you know, she Haley is a subversion of the Virgin Mary trope. The child that she's carrying is precious. She's carrying the child of someone who shouldn't be able to conceive, in this case, Klaus. And um, yeah, we learned a few things with Haley. If you're pregnant and wear a lot of cardigans, you don't need to be held accountable. That is your rebrand. Um, she doesn't deserve a happy ending, but she actually gets two. First with Jackson, and then with Elijah, and then with their daughter, Hope. Whereas Rebecca and Cammie represent, like, this, like, faux feminism, 
Um, Haley is very much a patriarchy princess. She doesn't really um, even attempt or pretend to want to live without male assistance. And there are plenty of guys, you know, um, willing to help her out. Elijah Jackson and make sure that she's safe and make sure she's happy. So she's kind of like those poor white women who marry up and then completely forgot what like the struggle was. <laughs> Haley is that person. Elijah is put in the Stefan role and Klaus is put in the Damon role on this show. And just like Elena, Haley is the thing that brings these two brothers who are at each other's throats back together. She is very much a tool, just like Elena was a tool on TVD. Yeah, you know, Haley gets so close. I feel like Haley gets so close and then like, she just throws it all away. She just, she just, she's like, no, I don't think so. Um, she was really insufferable to watch. Um, another one that was kind of really insufferable to watch, like it started off like me, me thinking that something would come of it. And then it just kind of went out in the wash was Camille, AKA Cammy. Cammy is a resident. Cammy was horrible. Like from jump, like just terrible because they used Cammy. Cammy sort of occupied this Caroline role in that, like, in fact, I call her fake Caroline, like, in that she's, like, used to sort of, like, not to be a person in and of herself, but to try to humanize Klaus, and it just, every time the show goes back to it or goes back to, like, their little therapy sessions or whatever, I'm just like, stop this. Stop. Yeah. Nothing I didn't is see gonna Cammy... make me like Klaus ever. Okay, I didn't see Cammy like that at all. Um, the character was badly written from Jump, but the character herself—you kind of have hope for her in the beginning that she'll figure out what's going on, that she's being compelled by Klaus and by Marcel. Um, but that doesn't happen. Um, in a lot of ways, I think that Cammy is the Matt Donovan of the show. Um, we don't get a lot of her backstory before she came to New Orleans. She is the only person that remains human and power, you know, relatively powerless. Um, she's constantly being compelled by people who claim to care about her and um, being lied to by those who are closest to her. And then when she finds out what's going on, she kind of just accepts it. And it was it was so it's so anticlimactic because you feel like her character is the one who's going to have the resilience and the backbone and the dignity and stand strong. And that doesn't happen. Even with Matt later on, he becomes a cop and he does take a stand and he's sick of this vampire shit. And he wants to make his town safe again. And Cammy never even has that much of a character arc. It's really, really sad to watch. Yeah, that. exactly. She sort of just is like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. That's why I say like, she's a, she's more of like a Caroline, like in that, like Caroline, even before Caroline becomes a vampire, there's Caroline is just sort of like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Like Caroline um, becomes a vampire relatively early though. She doesn't even know the others are vampires until she becomes one. Like, she becomes a vampire in the, at, at, like right at the start of the second season of TVD. Like, I know they're both blonde, and Klaus has a crush on both of them, but, like, that's where similarities end, for real. <laughs> like, Cammie is literally having her mind fucked with for all of season one, you guys. Like, they've hatched Just into like this girl's Caroline. so much. Um, you mean Caroline's relationship with Damon? Yeah. 
No, no, but what I'm comparing it to is the fact that Klaus and Marcel claim to care about her, right? Unlike Damon and and, and Caroline. The, the 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 impetus for me is that they both want to be with her, just like Caroline wanted to be with Matt. And and you know everyone was claiming to be Matt's friend, but was like literally lying to his face and compelling him every single day not to see the fuckery that they were doing. Okay, okay. Like it was really sad, you guys. It's sad to watch, and making her a therapist and a psychology major was was like it was so cringe my eyes rolled so hard i thought they were gonna get stuck back there you guys because in 900 years he never heard of a therapist before yeah <laughs> like like you just so happen to want treatment from the woman that you're attracted to but that's which from thing, a it's like... standpoint is wholly unethical you guys <laughs> But that's, like, I mean, that's even it, is, like, he just, you know, he really wants to, like, smash. Yeah, exactly. He just wants to fuck her, which is completely unethical. Like, like, like the rules of psychology and counseling and therapy state very explicitly that you're not supposed to counsel people you're attracted to, and you're supposed to stop seeing a, a, a patient and refer them to someone else if you glean that they are attracted to you. It cannot work, like... You you cannot be objective with or to somebody who has feelings for you or, or that you have feelings with. So even the small things like mental health services were completely perverted on this show. Yes, I agree like, with that. It's so sad, you guys. They can't do a thing right. <laughs> like, this is why, like I said, if 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 this even one episode of this show was put in front of me. Like I would, com- I would reject the job outright because this isn't someone with blind spots. This is someone with isms that completely shape the fiber of who they are. It's just, it's banana nuts, you know. Um... Gwen Stefani told us this shit was bananas, but I didn't listen. Um, <laughs> um, I joke. And then, um, like the way, like Cami. I mean, I guess. Then, like, when she dies, you're supposed to, like, feel something. And I'm just like, girl, you knew that was always coming. Like, you should have. Like, literally the only person on this show I felt bad for when they died was Davina's fiddler friend. Yes, Tim. Tim was the only person that got a sympathy nod from me. Everybody else, I was just waiting on them to die, actually. I was sad for Tim, and I was sad for Josh's boyfriend, but that's only because I Aiden, like Josh. Yes, Aiden was was a sad one. Um, they did get one thing right on um, the originals. So in TVD, we had one gay character, Luke, Liv's twin brother, but he was perpetually single. This time, they gave the gay boy a boyfriend. So he did get cast in the very stereotypical role of the gay best friend to Davina, but he also had a love interest of his own. So they did that right. And like, and Josh was- developed, I feel like, over time. Josh Josh did develop. And he and Aiden's relationship was probably the most evenly matched, healthy relationship dynamic on the show, like romantically. And then, like, poor Aiden, you know, comes, cl- like, essentially, you know, and that's why I'm like, Haley is so sad because Haley just came so close. Like, you know, Haley got with Jackson and Jackson started putting all these ideas in Haley's head about freedom and, like, what if we didn't have to live next to the Michelsons? And, like, what if, like, you know, we just left? Like, like 
what if like hope didn't ever have to know these like what if hope didn't ever have to know these people like and right. i remember Haley like hit that back with but they're her family and and jackson's like but are they like are they really <laughs> like and <laughs> and like how, and family what is like the family is the family that you and i make because we are her parents because you are her mother and Haley was like you know what that's right and so they on made that we shall overcome shit and she was on that blood is thicker than water shit and, and i'm like this ain't gonna end well for jackson <laughs> and jackson was like what he's like you're this child's mother like you make the dis- like this is about you and Haley was like you damn right this shit's about me so um and like fuck this aunt dahlia person who's a dahlia don't nobody know who the <laughs> fuck that bitch is and <laughs> and, and um, so they're like, we're going to leave. We're just going to leave New Orleans. Cause like, this is crazy. Like these people are crazy and they get it together. And so then they, they organize it, they pull it together and I'm t- oh, so close. And little did Jackson know that like his number two Klaus had like infiltrated his number two and Aiden, like a, like a real one came clean to Jackson and was like, listen, I did a bad thing. Like, and this is what I did. And Jackson was like, you know what? But the fact that you told me, the fact that, like, in the end, like, you were loyal, like, that's why you're my number two. That's why you can't. And Aiden, because Aiden was like, girl, I'm going to leave too. And Jackson was like, no, that's why you're going to sit here and be alpha because, like, you have the integrity to, to do that. Like, you didn't let, in the end, like, you didn't let the promise of power overcome you. Like, you, mm-hmm. you, kept, you kept yourself... And that's what matters. And then just as they're about, and then just as they're about to jump, ta, in gets like cut by Aunt Dahlia. And Aunt right. Dahlia like tells Klaus, oh, you know, she, you know, your your baby mom about to like peace out of this bitch. And Klaus was like, what? And then, you know, did what Klaus always does. Right. So Jackson, like Marcel, were really good examples of people who led with um, a firm hand, but with fraternity, community, compassion and forgiveness in mind. And of course, they would be put in the adversarial roles when your protagonists are literal trash. (laughs) That's true. And then poor Jackson. Jackson also. Jackson just got I don't. Jackson's and I was also sad when Jackson died because yeah I felt that because he just like he was just a guy who stupidly I guess loved this girl for whatever reason nobody quite knows <laughs> um, uh... and you know he just got punished for it like he ended up just getting caught up in the fact that and this is it the fact that like she couldn't even leave for his sake like she couldn't find it within herself to see the writing, to know, like, this is, like, staying here, like, being here, like, this is just gonna get this person I love, this is gonna, or that I grew to love, this is gonna get him got, and, like, I need to go. No. Right. She was like, no, we're gonna stay, and then he, he just sacrificed, Jackson sacrificed, like, Jackson's entire story arc and character is just him sacrificing for Haley's happiness and he which was actually for- a nice change because it's usually women sacrificing for the men in this universe verse and he sacrificed until he died and it was it was sad because he's the only likable character on the show 
Yeah, like he was like he was definitely a captain save a hoe, like for real. Um, he needed to just be done with her, like, and and it's funny even the one time, cause then there is that one time where he's like, I'm not trying to do this shit with you, and like, like he's thinking better of it, and he just leaves. He bounces for a minute, and she's like, <laughs> and then Haley like goes out to the woods, cause I guess he's in the woods, not the woods. They film in like Savannah, y'all, so like. <laughs> Um, they're in the woods, but it's quote unquote supposed to be the bayou. Um, but Haley goes out to the bayou and she's like, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't act crazy. Like, I love you. Like, pull it together. Come home. I'm not, I'm not going to beg you, but I'm going to beg you. And I love you and do, do what you're supposed to do. And little did Jackson know he should have just stayed out in them woods. Poor Jackson. Oh, he really should have. R.I.P. Um, he a real one. Like he a real one for real. He, he probably grew up on that Tammy Wynette song, "Stand by Your Man." Like, he wasn't leaving <laughs> his woman behind. Like he wasn't. He was not going nowhere. <laughs> anywhere. And yeah. and the thing is, um, the other thing, Jackson had fucking options. Jackson was fine, you guys. Jackson did he have had options. <laughs> He had he options. You know what? You know what? He could take a bitch to brunch. So he had without a daylight ring. So he without had options. A, so he had options. <laughs> he didn't really need all of this. He like, didn't need the stress in his life. And Haley, Phoebe Tonkin is a really beautiful woman, but it's not that deep. You about to get killed every single day by her baby daddy. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. <laughs> like that that in-law situation is just not tenable. And you know, this is literally like like a hyper representation of all the, all the reasons why people don't date single moms. You guys was on this show, definitely. And then, um, and oh, Jackson was so great. One more thing, because I really just love Jackson. One more thing that was amazing about Jackson is because like Jackson knew that, or this is one of the things because I think that they do, and I don't know if it's like the writing or I don't know if if it's like the chemistry between, um like the guy who plays Jackson and the girl who plays Haley is like off in some sense. But I wish they had like, they do like develop their relationship and like keep it for like a season and a half. Um, But I wish, I guess it would have been stronger because I feel like, oh, they don't, but even then, even though they like develop this relationship for a season and a half, the second Jackson dies, like two episodes later, she's like riding Elijah's dick. And I'm like, listen, could we like at least pretend that Jackson mattered? <laughs> like, you know that you know these writers don't know how to mourn folks. They like, taught us that in TVD, girl. They don't care about these dead people. And then and then what made me angrier, what made me up so upset was like, yeah, two latest two seconds later, she's like riding Elijah's dick. And then afterwards, I think the episode after, like R- Rebecca says something like smart. Rebecca tries to say something smart about Jackson and Haley just looks at her and she's like, don't talk about my husband. Like, she's like, don't let my husband's name come out of your mouth. And I'm like, do I believe that? I don't believe that because you are literally, you were, you were just on Elijah's dick, Haley. Like, I remember it. Like it was. So let's pull this. Let's hold on. So let's pull this back to a writing standpoint and, and, and dig into what Alex just said. Do we believe that? We don't. Part of what makes the writing on this show so weak is that the characters' words very rarely match up with their actions. 
That's so true. Like, like, they're so thirsty. Actions speak louder than words. Everybody knows this. And the mark of strong writing is being able to show rather than tell. Like, Haley, don't tell me that you're still grieving Jackson. Show me by not falling on another man's dick two episodes later. Later. (laughs) It's like, and she just does it in it. And I'm just like, and then the show wants you to believe that, like, oh, Haley's like sad. And then it's even, it's even more, it's, it's even more upsetting when like Haley dies, and then there's like a little, I guess like Hope like is knocked out or something, and Hope like sees Haley in like heaven or wherever, and Haley is like with Jackson in heaven. I'm like, do I even believe that? Like. Are you guys serious right now? Like, I don't... Like, get real. Get real. Jackson was... From the moment Jackson was presented to us, he was presented as a secondary option. The show had already built up from Jump an attraction between Elijah and Haley. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody saw it. Everybody knew about it. She didn't even marry Jackson until Elijah told her to. Right. And that's... And that... And so... A show that does a love triangle in an ex- like that does a love triangle correctly and that like uh um is Jane the Virgin Jane the Virgin that f- those first two yes. seasons um we agree right an intensely strong love triangle and the reason why it works um is because both men would be suitable options. And Jane feels equally for both of them. Um, and the reason why on Jane the Virgin, why you do, and even though Jane ends up picking Michael and then later Raphael, the reason why the one, the relationship with Raphael works um, is that you get that Jane feels extremely intensely for Raphael. Like that's written. So mm-hmm. what TV does, T, not TBD, what the originals does, um, the originals attempts to do this and it fails. And this is why it fails because it makes it seem as if like Haley could like take or leave Jackson at any point. Like, right. and that like if really, Elijah came running and said, be with me, she would have never married Jackson. She would have never married Jackson. Um, you know, duty be damned. And, like, they try to use the excuse of duty, like, Haley's duty to, like, I guess her community. um, But if it's duty, right, at least call it that. Stop pretending she's in love with Jackson. Right. Um, And if it's... And and the reason why that doesn't quite track either, that duty reason, is because, like, that has never been, like a staple or a characteristic for that character. That's never been something that like I have thought that like duty and like responsibility is something that's important to Haley, like intrinsically as a character. I've never gotten that from her. Right. Um, it, um, it, I can... Her community has always been something that like she can like, as a wolf, she can throw away when she's ready as we saw, like she can throw away or give up when she's ready. Um, and like, we've saw that on TVD. So that's why that reason doesn't track either. Now this sort of like trope, that tropey storyline of like, Oh, this nice guy that I don't really love, but like, I'm like this arranged marriage, 
Uh, but we end up falling, you know, deep, deep, deep in love trope is, is one that I actually really quite love. But the show just doesn't, show's lame. The show doesn't do anything with it. And it doesn't, it just doesn't take it to that place it could have been. And it's right. lame. You, you could have shown us a, a, a turning point for, for Haley. And it could have actually been done very quickly um, where um, he does something for her or for her infant daughter and she realizes that she more than respects this man and she loves him. And you could show us her falling in love with him within the marriage, but that doesn't really happen. Um, they have sex, they get along, but we we never feel this like slow burn the way we felt in her relationship with Elijah. Now, even TVD, which was incredibly problematic, did love triangles better than this because we really believed that um, Elena was in love with Stefan and we really believed that Elena was in love with Damon. Right. And even <laughs> so, I think, um, I think another way that, like, you're right, like, they get along, they have sex, I guess it's fine. And the show... I guess takes the position that position that like oh I guess they're in love but I think what you really needed an additional factor in that sort of relationship what you needed to really make it work was that there needed to be a moment of um cuz Elijah ends up leaving of his own accord where it needed to be Haley sending him away you know what I mean like mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Jackson and Haley, I think, move somewhere into, like, the compound or, like, the apartment or whatever. And mm-hmm. Elijah says that he's going to, like, go live across the river because, like, you know, he can't bear to see them together, whatever. And he, but Elijah does it of his own accord when I would have believed Haley and Jackson's relationship more is, is if you, ha- if they had made the choice for Elijah to stay within their vicinity and Haley is like developing these feelings and like really feeling this. And um, Elijah sort of like maybe is like like petty in that way that he is like sometimes like in a slick way. And then Haley going to Elijah and being like, I am falling in love with Jackson and I want to fall in love with him. And I, and I need you to go. I need you. If, if that had been like Haley sending him away, that would have made mm-hmm. it much stronger. I would have really been like, oh shit. I completely agree with that. There were so many ways they could have made us believe that Haley was A, trying to choose Jackson and make it work with him, and that B, Haley then learned to be in love and fall in love with Jackson. And they dropped every single opportunity. And again, the writers on this show are so problematic, but. I know y'all know how to write a love triangle because y'all did it already on TVD. <laughs> I know you know how to do this. I know how, at the very least y'all know how at to do this. At the very least. When, when Stelena was a thing, we were rooting for them. And we saw this gradual progression of Elena starting to fall in love with Damon, but still remaining loyal to um, to Stefan, even as she started to fall in love with Damon. Then we saw her choose Damon Tell Damon that she chose him and told Stefan it's over. Like, it can be done. And going back to what Alex brought up on Jane the Virgin, this show it was is literally a masterclass on how to write a successful, successful. believable love triangle. Not only do we believe that 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 Jane is in love with Michael and then Jane is in love with Raphael and then Michael and Raphael again, 
it pulls the audience into Jane's head where we love and we root for whomever she's in love with at the time. Right. That's true. Like, That's true. Cause like, I, I know that I, I did not believe in Michael, but when she ultimately chose him, I was like, okay, I'm on board. I'm here. I'm with this. Right, right, right. Like when, when it first comes into play, right. When the show first opens, Jane is, engaged or uh, about to be engaged to Michael. They've been together for like a year or two and she's artificially inseminated with Raphael's baby. And that is the tie because she's carrying Raphael's child because he's in this relationship, awful marriage with his wife, Petra, we want them to end up being together. It seems like very tie a ribbon on it happily ever after. Right. But, and Michael seems like, you know, jealous, which she has a right to be. She's pregnant with another man's baby. But as, as they, they, they find their way back to each other, we realize that Michael is the one for her. And then Raphael's the one for her. And then Michael's the one for whomever she, Jane has her sights on. That's who we learn to love. And that is true, like I said, a masterclass in how to write love triangles is Jane the Virgin. You only need to watch the first two seasons. Masterclass. Yeah, it's it's strong. And, like, the reason why, like, they're... And they just build that tension so masterfully. And the, and, the, and a big part of, like, why you're feeling that tension is because, like we said, like, she's genuinely in love with the both of them and um both men are a suitable option and both men are um devoted to her yeah devoted to her and different enough from each other that um you can see you in the audience can see sort of um like how maybe like her life would be her life would be with either of them and it's it's just wonderful. It works. It's a masterclass. It's it's really good. That show in general is just like extremely strong, well written. Right. It's 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 definitely well written. I completely agree with Alex. Now we're gonna dive back into these characters next week. Um, the ones we haven't touched on yet, like Sophie Devereaux, Celeste Dubois. Um, oh, Celeste. We're into Josh. We're gonna go deeper into Papa Tunde. We're gonna go deeper into Rebecca. And of course, we have to talk about our Tumblr woke white girl, Davina. <laughs> oh yes, and then um, and then resident real one, Vincent. Thierry. Oh, Thierry. I want to talk about Vincent and Thierry, the only people on the show with any sense of loyalty. Any (laughs) sense of loyalty, any sense of, like, thoughtfulness, any sense of, like, come on, like, let's kill the Michaelsons. Right, right. Um, Thierry was a real one, and if... If Marcel had done what he said, a lot of problems could have been avoided. But again, just as some, like I said, um, some shows are really, really great for learning certain writing, um, uh, technical writing skills. Um, Just as some shows are great for learning certain technical writing skills, this show is and in in 99% of it is what not to do. Again, too much tell, not enough show. These people's actions do not and match And the racism is bad. The, the racism, racism is bad. The, sexism, the racism is bad. The sexism is insidious. Whew. It is. It's very insidious. And yeah, that's the originals. That's part one of our 
wake snatch of one of the most problematic shows in recent history. If you want to know what not to do. And there you have it, folks. It's part one of our analysis of why the writing on the originals left so much to be desired and why, as a result, the characters just didn't work. Though these characters could have been rehabilitated and redeemed with some good old-fashioned accountability and atonement, they weren't. They weren't. Tune in next week as we explore these characters further and in detail the ways they could have been saved. And the originals could have been more enjoyable to watch. If you're a patron, look out for the first episode in our Gone Too Soon series, where we'll be discussing the short-lived Netflix original series, Everything Sucks. The episode airs next Saturday. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic Pod on Spotify to listen to this and all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. If you love this sort of content and want more, including the exclusive bonus episodes, outtakes, and other customized content, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. And if you're already a patron, check out our Originals-inspired Spotify playlist. As always, our regularly scheduled programming, as well as all the links on where to find us, can be found on our SoundCloud page. So follow us there as well at The Good, The Bad, The Basic. And of course, be sure to follow us at Good Bad Basic Pod on Twitter. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>